Hello and welcome, dear loyal listeners, to Bunfrey's Occult, Season 4, Episode 6, with I, Jeffrey Vesuvius Bunfrey, sexually charged occult dynamo, currently residing, hidden, ensconced above the miniaturinal in the Scotch Piper pub in Lydiate, where many pastoral occult happenings have been occurring and are occurring as we speak. Fear not, little fellow, or indeed madam, or bisexual, lesbian, gay, transgender, dwarf, or indeed frog, for I, Robert, am here to protect you from all occult and arcane mumblings and bumblings that could upset your conventional life. I live on the periphery, protecting all those around me with my benevolent knowledge of the Gnostic and devilish. In this instance, we begin the episode with me and Bunny, safely in our sling system, asleep above the toilets. The pub is closed. The moon is high. It is still night. Not a breath of wind pushed through the trees. Treebeard slept on the other side of the abbey. We having sorted out his lifestyle problems and bad decision-making issues in the previous episode. Bunny was gently snoring in his sling proximitous to mine, somewhat thusly. He is an unusual snorer. And I was woken, awoken, from the arms of Morpheus, from a reverie involving many, many voluptuous breasts, which is my go-to, my happy place. <laughs> when sleeping, I do tend to dream of voluptuous breasts, then <laughs> cushiony warmth, so comfortable, oh, so warm. Madam, no, do not remove your bra in Sainsbury's. I digress. I could hear what had awoken me on this stillest of still nights. There was a sound, a distant sound, of chanting and possible singing on the very edge of my consciousness. My eyes flickered open. Gently used the pulley system to bring myself and Bunny, who I poked with my broomstick. Wake up, Bunny. Something is afoot. Stop moaning. And we descended to the floor of the toilets, taking our broomsticks and gently mounting them, which is not the first time I've gently mounted anything 
I'll have you know, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we took to the air, the wind whistling through our robes. And as we circled above the abbey, we saw that rather from its usual deserted state, it was in fact a flame, a fire burned within its roofless edifice, and around it capered and danced figures, some human, some not varying heights and sizes and proportions. We descended as silently as we could and set to investigate. Having parked the broomsticks by the bin, we took the last hundred yards to the abbey on foot. The abbey was ruined many years ago. It had been a private family chapel for some local rich types who, like we all do in the end, fell in the shit and were on hard times. These populants within side, capering and dancing and singing, sinister, sonorous ululations, were not all entirely human. And as we looked from a position behind a bosky, woody tree, we noticed that some were miniature devils and gobblings, and some very attractive, voluptuous witches, which links into my dream rather marvellously. It may have been a premonition. Bloody hell, Manfred. Look at the boobs on her, bouncing around. Now, no, bunny, stay quiet. Ooh. Ooh. I'm going to have to get involved. No, no, Bunny, come back. Bunny, come back. Bunny had been mesmerized by the Black Sabbath, the witches' dance, the goblins, the boobs, the vaginas, <laughs> the bouncing bottoms, the pointy hats, the incense, the cauldron. The whole effect had been mesmerizing for him. I, however, being a more experienced occult practitioner, knew that no good would come of such action on Bunny's part. I had noticed, at the centre of proceedings, a hugely rotund and very aged, ugly witch, whose pendulous breasts were down to her knees, and her hugely hairy vagine was a thing of danger and to be avoided. I knew that the attractive witches were merely laws to bring Bunny into the game. I let him have his head, though, and he approached proceedings, a tumescent erection, pushing his robes forward like a tent. Hello, witches. Any chance of a cuddle? Everything stopped. The lights went out. Bunny was grabbed. And by all accounts, was due to be thrown into the cauldron and cooked for supper. I was not about to let this occur, though. 
Running back to the bin, I got on my broomstick and stuck the fucker in fifth gear before he could say, Arcane genius saves idiot in the local paper. Blasting through, I grabbed Bunny, who was at this stage naked, having been stripped of all his clothes and having a large aubergine shoved up his bottom. <laughs> a ghost chili rammed down his japsai, his hands tied behind his back, sage done stuffing up his nose, <laughs> and an onion in his mouth. I grabbed him from the chief and grotesque witch and all the gnomes and goblins, etc., and whistled away into the night sky. Having removed the onion from Bunny's mouth, <laughs> he was grateful enough to come out with the following. Bloody hell, Bunfrey, there was a close call. Which is Sabbath? You'd have got boiled in a pot. Yes, you did, my young fellow. And now you're going to have to go to hospital because that ghost killy done... <laughs> Goes chilly down the japs eye. <laughs> Has really done you a mischief. Oh, bloody hell, you're right, Bumfrey. <laughs> so we were off <laughs> to Ormskirk Hospital to get Buddy straightened out cockwise, as they say in the medical profession. Bunfrey had done it again, but there were many witches and goblins to be dealt with in the locale. As the season progresses, tune in next week for another exciting edition of Bunfrey's Occult. Disclaimer, any relation to the poem of comedic virtue, Tam O'Shanter, by Rabbi Burns, is purely, and I do mean purely, coincidental. Bum 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 b